17, and I want you to kind of hold your place there because I'll refer to that portion of Scripture a couple of times, different times this morning. Luke chapter 17, and I want to begin with verse 7. And uh, since I know you sit a lot and it's, sometimes it gets a little rough, would, and uh, just out of respect of God's Word, if everybody would stand, we're going to go ahead and read Luke chapter 17, verses 7 through 10. It says, But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him, By and by, when he has come from the field, go sit down to meet? And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant, because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, Say, we are unprofitable servants, we have done that which was our duty to do. And you may be seated. This is the basis that provokes the thought of the giving of thanks. Sincere thanks, acknowledging to another that they have gone beyond what their duty to do is. That's kind of the thought of Thanksgiving. And so what I wanted to do this morning, I thought it was going to be a rather short message. Pastor Reader will. I call him Pastor Reader. He's been a pastor, and I have a respect for that. And uh, he knows how sometimes your day goes. And you, you learn how to just depend on God, I guess, and just give it to Him. And so I thought this was going to be a pretty short message because of just some things, circumstances yesterday. And um, But actually, I got up at about, I don't know, it was 3 or 4 in the morning or something and uh, just spent some time with the Lord. And so He filled some things in for me. So, uh, uh, But, I, you know, I just ask Him, you know, I, you know, I just tell the Lord, I say, you know, it's really important people need to hear from you. I, I just don't want to just, I don't want to pull something out and just give something. I, I want something fresh and something uh, that you can work in their lives with. And um, so anyway, God's been, God's very good. He's, I'm not tired this morning. I should be, but, uh, and he's allowed me to uh, put some things together for you this morning. So I'm going to give four uh, points on thanksgiving this morning. But before we do, let's pray. Father, I pray, Lord God, that, uh, that each of us will take a look at thanksgiving, maybe in a way we haven't thought about before or encouraged uh, or have this thought of thanksgiving re revitalized in our lives this morning. And Father, may you... Above all, be glorified this morning. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the first type of 
thanks um, that I want to talk about this morning is an automated, or should I say, a polite thanks. You know, this on the surface may seem to be the most shallow type of thanks, you know. But this type of thanks is one of the most important thanks of all, and I'll get to that in a minute. You know, we are told to say please and thank you, aren't we? Uh, you know, it's a matter of good manners, we say. You know, your parents teach you, you should say thank you. You say please and thank you. When someone gives you something, something you like or even something you dislike, you are told to say thank you. When someone hands you your bag of food at the drive through window, they say thank you from the bottom of their heart. <laughs> and have a nice day. And you may say thank you and you have a nice day as well back. Somebody gives something to your child. You say to them, what do you say? <laughs> of course, they are looking like, oh. <laughs> or you have to tell them to say, tell them thank you. You know, and they say thank you. You're teaching them that, that habit. But this type of thanks is one of the most important thanks because of its trickle-down effect. You heard of the trickle-down economics that became popular in the Reagan administration. Well, let me tell you a little bit what trickle-down thanks is. You know, we read in the scripture, it said, you know, if your servant, you know, do you thank him for doing what he's supposed to do? There's a part of that that says, yeah, in a, in a different way. Now, the Lord was teaching a certain thing about that there, but there's another thought of that. You know, we, we, we should tell them thanks. Nothing wrong with that. Now, before prayer breakfast, I was pondering on how to illustrate this. But after prayer breakfast, I turned on the radio to, and, and it happened to be on Your Story Hour with Aunt Carol and Uncle John, is it? I don't know. Aunt somebody and Uncle, and, you know, it's kind of an old themish kind of thing. It's been around a long time, and, and they have stories on there. And it just happened to have a story um, about what I wanted to illustrate, and, and it fit perfectly. I said, thank you, Lord. That's, that's perfect. And they were talking about two brown buns. I kind of came into the story a little late, and I cut it off a little early when I got home. It was just from here home, and I just listened to a little bit at the very end to, to kind of get where I needed to go with this. And it started out with two children who were at home, and it was a very difficult situation, and the mother had to go to work, and they very rarely had much food to eat. And the mother came home, and she brought home two brown buns. And the kids were just thrilled and excited. This was a big thing, one for her and one for him. And they said, thank you, mother, for these, these rolls. They're really good. And she said, well, you know, we probably need to thank the baker because he's the one who's hired me and allowed me to work, and he's the one who baked 
the bugs. And so the children said, maybe we could go thank him, you know. And the mom said, you know, that's, that's not a bad idea. So they go down to the baker, and the baker sees the children come in, and there's the smell of the bakery, and the kids are there and wide-eyed. And he says, how can I help you? And he says, he said, well, we just, your mom or our mom works for you. He said, oh, yeah, you're the, you're the two ones that you got the two brown rolls. And they said, yeah, and it was very good, sir. And uh, we just wanted to thank you for he said, this is probably the first time somebody's come and thanked me for baking, you know, did what his duty was to do, faithful, you know. <laughs> so then he thought about it a little bit, and he said, you know what, though? He said, you probably need to go down and thank the miller because he's the one who supplied the flour to me. And they go down to the miller, and the miller has... You know, he's kind of a rough character presented here. What are you doing here? I, I can't hire anybody, you know, it's rough times. And, and they said, I, we just wanted to thank you for milling the wheat that went to the flour. And they explained, you know, about the brown buns. And it was really humbled the guy. And he said, well, really? He said, you need to go thank the farmer. And so the children go down to the farmer, and you see where this is going. And the farmer says you need to thank the cloud. Now this is where it got a little weird and I just kind of cut it off there because they start talking to the cloud. <laughs> but really, the trickle down to everything, what we all do in life and what we do for each other, trickles down to God. Everything trickles down. That is a great thing to practice that habit of saying thank you. Now, um, I'll put Tim on the spot. You know, one of the things that, you know, there's things that stand out with, with people, but Tim's always giving thanks for things, you know, and, um, and it's sincere, and it's just something in his life. That's a, that's a quality that we all need to have because um, I know it's sincere, and, he, and uh, it just, I don't know. When that happens, it's just right. And really, the trickle down of it is thank God. So I want to go from there to another type of thanks called circumstantial thanks. This is the most misunderstood or overrated thanks. Because this thanks is based on favorable circumstances. But circumstantial thanks is very shallow because it's based, it's based on favorable results of it. The good results of it. For instance, favorable results in circumstances and difficulties. What could have or maybe should have happened. I passed that police car and I was speeding. Whew, thank you, I didn't get a ticket. <laughs> I'll be talking a little bit about that in a minute here of a real situation in my life. Or unexpected gain. You know, we have get nice things, cars, houses, furnishings, good food, vacations, whatever you want to call it. We give thanks for those things. You see, we base our thanks on positive outcomes of the circumstances of life. When we 
define the outcome of circumstances as good or bad, there becomes a couple of issues with that. First of all, we set up ourselves for ungratefulness when we think this way. Because just as we might be grateful for what we see as a good outcome, we set ourselves to be an ingrate or ungrateful when there's a bad outcome. And we set ourselves up for failure to see God working through the circumstances of life. And we fail to learn from them. Let me give you an example. And I'm not going to have you go here. John chapter 9, verses 2 and 3. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You see the thought pattern? It's like circumstances and trying to come up with stuff of, you know, bad or good, you know, and whose sin, there's got to be some attachment to this thing. And Jesus answered, Neither this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. God, God told Moses, I make the blind, I make the deaf. If we, don't, if we start thinking wrong, we can get all messed up in trying to, 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 to base blessings and thanksgiving on circumstances. That's not really what they're there for. Luke chapter 18, verse 9. And he spake this parable unto certain which turned in themselves that were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple and prayed, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood up and prayed within himself, thus with himself, God, I thank thee, I thank thee, that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as is publican. You see how he's thinking? Thanking for the things that hasn't happened to him or who he is. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess, and a publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Yeah, there's something to be careful of there, what we give thanks for and what it leads to. Circumstantial thanks can lead us down very wrong thought paths, and it can bring us to false conclusions. Many times what we consider bad outcomes to circumstances can actually end up to be the best thing for us. Many times we get aggravated, at least pretty far from thanks anyway, <laughs> when we are running late or get delayed due to traffic or whatever the circumstances. Me and mom had when we went on our trip, it was an amazing uh, things that all happened that I just wanted to get upset about. But whether God reveals it or not, what did that delay save us from? You know, I remember getting a speeding ticket on my way home on 321 when I used to live here. Uh, there was a wide open area where I'd come around the corner. It was just a habit, and it was just a straightaway. It's in the country. There's nothing there. And, you know, I just kind of put the pedal to the metal. 
Um, and, you know, and it wasn't like 100 miles an hour, you know, like crazy stuff. You know, but it was over the speed limit. Well, one week I got a ticket from a police officer. The very next week I got another ticket from the same police officer in the same place. Now besides total embarrassment, <laughs> I could look at this as a bad result and be unthankful because of the circumstance and the, and the bad things that came out of it. Or I could view this as God's merciful way of correcting a bad habit to save me from something else. You see, it's not always the good result that we need to be thankful for in circumstances. And, of course, my wife told me that. You know, I didn't want to hear that at the time. But I've come to the conclusion that it was a good, good thing. And I need to be thankful for it. For those who do not know the Lord or those who know the Lord yet live like the, live like the world, the happiness of their life is based on how favorable their circumstances are. That's what they base everything on. But that is not to be so with the Christians. Hebrews 13.5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. It does not infer in this scripture that you have little or much. It's just whatever you have to be content with that. It is that we are to be content on what we have and not to be striving for more things. Because the only important treasure is that Jesus is always with you. That's the whole point of it. That's the whole glory of it. Yet, you see, there is another fallacy of even good circumstantial outcomes. Good circumstantial outcomes. You want to be thankful for that. You better be careful. Something we need to be careful of is that cursings sometimes are disguised by what we think are blessings. Gain is not always automatically good. I'll tell you what, I don't think any of us want to be super rich here. You would have a target on your back. You, oh, it's probably a miserable life. You know, but if God would give it to you, God would take care of it. You're all right because he is with you. Gain can take you away from God, your family, and your own well-being. I like to ask God to only give me what he knows is good for me. And let me give you a classic example story in Luke 12, 15. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain ranch man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? Well, blessings, right? <laughs> it would if you gave it away. And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? So 
so is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. A.J. Yoder told me a story. I, I like it. And perhaps you've heard it before. It goes something like this. There was a fisherman on an island who was not wealthy to any extent. His life consisted of taking a small boat out and fishing. Then upon returning, he would clean the fish he caught, and in the afternoon and evening, he would sit down and share a meal of fish with his family and friends. And he would do this day by day. But there was an entrepreneur who lived on the island and noticed how great a fisherman this guy was. He told the fisherman how he could begin to sell some of his fish. He could buy another boat, teach other men how to fish, and after about 10 years, he would have a great fishing business and could retire for the rest of his life. That he could enjoy fishing as a hobby every day then, spend time with his family and friends, and the fisher, fisherman replied, that is what I do now. Now, I'm not promoting the reasoning for a self-serving life or a minimal life. That's not the point, because Jesus was an entrepreneur of sorts. And he approached some fishermen and offered a different career path, a path that would be more difficult, require more sacrifice, yet more fulfilling and meaningful. He called them to be fishers of men. You know, sadly, our prayer lives... And thanks is based on, when you start thinking about it, on the positive results to difficult circumstances rather than the will of God in and through the circumstances. You need to really change your prayer lives. Heartfelt thanks. Here's the third one. Probably the most powerful thanks. Luke 17, 11, if you're there at Luke 17, let's begin in verse 11. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. Stranger is a non-Jew. The inference here is the rest of them were Jews, and he was sending them to the priests, okay? People who should have known to give thanks. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Cleansing, they saw that they were being cleansed, that it was cleaning, but they weren't made whole. But this one was made whole. It's a picture of salvation. And it's a picture of you see religious and religious activity and really not thankfulness to God, but you see thankfulness and true thankfulness to God and you see a person being made whole. This is the type of thanks that saves. It's saving thanks. It is thanks directly to Jesus. Deep heartfelt thanks is also, I will call it, 
unforgettable things. We give thanks and we, some things go, but there's some things that need to be unforgettable in our lives. There have been those in my life who have blessed me beyond measure. My brother Joe, when I was early in marriage, very quietly helped me get on my feet. He had a car, a Buick LeSabre, with very low miles that he gave me for doing work for him. And that was a really bad deal on his part. Because I was not skilled. Those who are, have done some building things, I was doing some drywall for him. And he had a sink, okay, that I was drywalling behind. <laughs> now, I just didn't know, like, you pull off the fixtures, you know, and, and you can do that re really easily, and then you can place the drywall and take the stuff off. You know what I did? There was a million pieces that looked like origami up there. <laughs> I don't know what my brother thought when he saw that. All he was doing was giving me a job. I realized that he need, knew I needed a car. He was quiet about it. That car was a blessing. It just ran and ran and ran. It got me to work on time. I never, I'll never forget it. There's other things. And there's probably things in your life as well. It's what the Bible calls landmarks. Job 24.1 says, Why, seeing times, why, seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty, do they that know Him not see His days? Some remove the landmarks. They violently take away flocks and feed thereof. That's on the negative side. On the positive side, Proverbs 22.28, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Proverbs 23.10, Remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. The word thanksgiving, if you look it up, it's called Eucharistia, where the term Eucharist comes from, that the Catholics use um, as, now they use it as, as the, the bread becoming and the, and, the, and, the, and the wine becoming the actual body and blood of Christ, and they're consuming that. Um, but Eucharistia is thanksgiving. That's what thanksgiving is. It's not a bad word when it's used right. If you think about it, when you take the Lord's Supper, whew, is that not remembering, never forgetting, and all thanksgiving to God? <coughs> now I'm going to end with the fourth one, unconditional thanks. Unconditional thanks. Though this must be the most difficult thanks, it's the deepest expression of thanks to God and only can be expressed by those who know God, the true God, by faith. Those who really believe God is in total control, that God can make no mistake, that God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. It is the type of faith that David had a man after God's own heart. This is the kind of thanks that the family, the sinks, are challenged with giving, having lost, what, a seven-year-old? Unconditional thanks. This is the thanks 
giving that gives God the highest honor and glory. It is when thanksgiving is a sacrifice. It is at this altar of sacrifice we offer the sacrifice of our understanding, which we can't, and we set it on the altar of God for total reliance on God. Hebrews 13.10, we have an altar whereof we're talking about the tabernacle. I want you to listen to this after we talk about the tabernacle. This is interesting. Hebrews 13.10, we have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. <laughs> he was out of the city on a hill, Golgotha, and put on a cross. Let us go therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. You know, I kind of look at the religion and the religion and the safety and all those things that were in there, but outside of that is difficulty. It's where the people are. It says, For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Like I said, the sinks, you have to, you have to be thinking, that's outside the gate. It's not where you feel safe. It's where all difficulty is and understanding isn't, but it's outside there. It says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not for what? For with such sacrifices... God is well pleased. Unsaved people at their roots are unthankful people. 2 Timothy 3.1 This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Listen to this list. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning, <laughs> and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men, men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be made manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. You know, the question came up, we were talking about as men, you know, about the ungodly during the holidays. How do you deal with it? 
those who are unsaved or, or just really unthankful people are lost in the things of the world. Because thanks, true thanks, trickles down and belongs to God. And that's where they stop. They're not going to give God any glory. Those who have not trusted in Christ, whether they're nice people or whatever, they oppose God. They're refusing to give God the thanks. And that's what salvation, in a sense, is all about is... What else do you have? A God who saved you that you didn't deserve anything. Who's gone way beyond his duty to do. That's the basis of thanks. They have a form of thankfulness or godliness, but they deny the power from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Romans eleven thirty six. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To whom be the glory forever. Amen. Hebrews thirteen fifteen again. By Him, therefore, let us offer sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Sometimes we just need to, and things happen, thank God. I don't care who's there. Just thank God. It's the fruit of our lips giving praise to Him. So how are we, is the thankful to deal with the unthankful? That was the question we talked about. To those who want to give glory to the little fat man with the white beard instead of the great wonderful Savior of the world. <laughs> we got a little bit of that last night, didn't we? <laughs> To those who exalt the Easter bunny over the resurrection. Luke 6, 27. But I say unto you, which here, love your enemies. Let's, let's just let the Lord tell us what to do. Do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them whom ye have hoped to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners <laughs> to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing. And your reward again, this is a faith, shall be great. And ye shall be, and ye shall be the children of the highest. Now listen to what he says, because this is God. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful as your Father also is merciful. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed, 
pianists come into play. I just want to go over these things and and maybe there was a point where you need to go back to it as we move forward, but something that the Lord spoke to you about. We talked about polite thanks. We need more of this on a regular basis. It needs to be a part of our everyday life. We need more than just a habit, though a habit is good, but to remember that all thanks, all that thanks is a trickle down to thanks to God. Christians should be known as a thankful people. That ought to be what the world tells us. They're a really thankful people. Is that what can be said about us? Then there's the circumstantial thanks. This thanks needs to be questioned in our lives as it is easily misplaced thanks. And then deep, heartfelt thanks. You know, there are some things we should never forget. Flat-out miracles. Our parents, siblings, or others who have made great differences, or most importantly, Jesus Christ and His church. These are forever landmarks of our life. And then there's the unconditional thanks. Sacrificial thanks. Sacrificing all your understanding at the altar of complete trust in God. Philippians 4, 7, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Psalm 29, 11, The Lord will give strength unto His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. How is God speaking to you today? May you have been challenged. Maybe you've thought about some things you've never thought about before about Thanksgiving. Give it all to Him. Amen. I pray that God spoke to you. You've worshipped Him and His truth. What a wonderful God we have. And uh, may we just give Him praise and honor and just be a thankful people. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank you for this church and the families of this church. Watch over them as some are traveling and will be traveling. And, and uh, Lord, may we be a thankful people. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. We've been singing that, that song. And so, Father, we want to tell you we love you. Thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name. You are dismissed.